Hello and welcome to the Still Space Podcast. I'm your host, Executive Coach Mary Lee Gannon, where my guests and I share fun and simple strategies to manage yourself so that you can show up the way you want in work relationships in life and not default to past behaviors that leave you disappointed. The Still Space is where you learn to take an intentional moment to challenge habitual assumptions that hold you back with enlightened truths that boost your genius. We transform drama, resentment, doubt, unmet expectations, and self-sabotage to executive presence, self-control, deep sleep, healthy choices, and more connection with people who matter while it still matters. It's time. I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and get any of my free publications at my website, maryleegannon.com, where you can also learn more about working with me. Hello, friend, and welcome to episode 69 of the Still Space podcast, Starting Over. Most everyone has had to start over in their life at something, just as everyone has conquered firsts in their lives. Firsts like first day of school, first relationship, first marriage, first divorce, first job. In this episode, I begin to share with you how I conquered the challenges of starting over on the heels of a difficult divorce that landed my children and me on welfare, food stamps, medical assistance, homeless, and without an automobile, from where I reinvented my life, run a $33 million organization today, and found and married the love of my life. It is all possible. It just takes a plan and practice. If we're not purposeful about what we're doing, then we're living a life by default, not design. Most of us want to make some changes in our lives, but those changes scare us a little, invigorate us a lot, and the ambivalence sometimes paralyzes us. You just don't know if you can make it work, but you know you have the energy to make a difference. What you don't realize is that you have already been through this before and succeeded. If you're in transition, you've been here before and you have survived. In this podcast, I'm going to show you how to put the strategies that you already know, that you've already drawn on to work again. Remember the first day of school, the first day of scouts, the first day of camp, the first day of team tryouts, going away to college, starting a new job, you weren't sure if people would like you or your book bag or your ability to do whatever was expected. You couldn't count on getting played in every sport you were in. You didn't know if the lonely feeling of standing out would ever go away. If you would know how to figure it out. How you met these challenges head on is exactly how you will overcome any challenge. First, you taught yourself how to accept the situation. And once you learned to cope, you strategized for better success. Acceptance comes first so that your emotions aren't in the way when you need to plan as planning is imperative to success. I'm going to show you 
how to do that. Life is a little bit like the popular family game, Shoots and Ladders. Do you remember playing that as a child? This game is timeless and appeals to people of all ages because there's one simple fact. Anyone can win. There's no strategy to Shoots and Ladders. The game does not require any logic or strategy. Just luck. Preschoolers can beat their parents. Grandma, who has never played before, can beat the bully on the block on any given day. Players learn to follow basic rules, take turns, and play cooperatively all skills that aid anyone in life. Life is sometimes like shoots and ladders. Sometimes it appears that others have all the luck. Now this fascinates me. Shoots and ladders began in ancient India, where it was used to teach Hindu children about right and wrong. The basis of the ladders stood on squares that symbolized different types of good, and then there were slippery snakes that snuck out from squares representing various types of evil. The literal usage of the good versus bad paradigm caught Victorian England's fancy, and in the late 19th century, the game was played throughout the United Kingdom. It was called Snakes and Ladders. And the very Victorian virtues like penitence, thrift, and industry were the elements that shot a player up the ladders. The Shoots and Ladders we know today was copyrighted in 1870 and came to the United States thereafter. In our childhood, Shoots and Ladders taught us a lot about coping with adversity that is beyond our control. I remember I used to play this game on the basement floor of my next door neighbor's house when his grandchildren came to visit because it was a game everybody knew how to play, didn't take too much skill. Everybody could sit down and stay within the construct of the rules of the game and anybody could win. So the older kids didn't always win. They always got to pick the best sides in whatever games we were playing, but at Shoots and Ladders, anybody could win. The game contains twists and turns and the potential for good and bad surprises because the results of the spinning arrow are completely random. Progress through the tiers is luck-based, evening the odds for all of us. Players move to squares that contain examples of good and bad deeds, save a cat from a tree, climb a ladder eat too much candy, or engage in scary bicycle antics, get ready to plummet. The only safe thing to bet on is that the lessons will keep coming and coming and coming, which is a lot like life. Players have an opportunity to learn good sportsmanship, as they may gain or lose ground suddenly to circumstances that they can't control, sort of remind you of life. A player may be rows ahead of other competitors, only to land on a chute and have to slide back down to the bottom. This is how life goes. There's no strategy here, no way to cheat, no way to outsmart opponents with a slippery head game or a convincing poker face. If you enjoyed chutes and ladders, you've accepted that there are some things over which you have no control, but you can always have some fun and laugh. You enjoy the ride with all of its turns. If the game frustrates you, then you haven't quite got to the acceptance part. But life is more than defining and accepting things that are out of our control. So what's the next step? The next step is what the concept of starting over is all about. How to get old habits out of the way so that you can create a plan that will bring you happiness and fulfillment. 
Now let's look at a scenario that you may find familiar. Meredith and Jessica say they're third graders who were standing in line at a bus stop. Charlie shows up and cuts in front of them just before the bus opens. He scales the steps two at a time and beats them to the last seat on the bus where the girls have sat every day since school began. Charlie throws up his elbows over the seat in front of him. Got your seat, he sneers, leaning forward with a Cheshire cat grin. Meredith stands up straight and announces, Bus driver! Charlie Morrow just stole our seat! She stomps her feet, walking to the back of the bus, pointing at Charlie. He cut in line in front of us, and he should have to go to the principal's office. Jessica, however, watches the bus driver sip his coffee from a shop that charges more for coffee than the price of her lunch. She slides into the seat in front of Charlie and says, Meredith, let's just sit here today. No way, she screams. This is our seat. More children file into the bus before it starts to pull away from the curb. Meredith is jostled down into the seat next to Jessica and lets out a sigh that would have put the big bag wolf to shame. I hate that Charlie Morrow and I'm going to tell his homeroom teacher what he did as soon as we get to school. He pokes his face between them and Bella's, I'm so scared. Meredith starts twisting the key tags on her backpack until one breaks off. Jessica opens her backpack and starts flipping through her flashcards. There's a spelling test first period. And she kept getting the word consume wrong last night when she was practicing. Now, who do you want to be here? Meredith is not able to control the situation. Clearly, she's heading down a chute, right, of the chutes and ladder game. Charlie is controlling the situation, playing his own game. The bus driver is disinterested in the situation. He quit the game early. Meanwhile, Jessica chooses not to let having to change seats get in the way of what she needs to do study for the test. She is the only person on a ladder. Jessica realizes that the energy spent on fighting for a certain seat on the bus does not have anything to do with where she ultimately wants to be. She wants to get an A on the spelling test. Meredith probably wants to get an A too. However, fighting with Charlie is easier and probably fulfills an emotional need that she harbors either to control or to be heard. Either way, fulfilling this emotional need is not getting Meredith to her A. She's still on a ladder. Does this scenario sound familiar to you? How many times have you found yourself in a turf war over something that really isn't that valuable to you, but you just don't want to let that person win? You're on a ladder. Being able to see that, see your need and what you think will make you happy there enables you to see how this is when you're getting in your own way. So I see that I don't want this person to get over on me, but continuing this dialogue with them is really undercutting what I really want. So I'm not going to engage in any more of this dialogue that is robbing me of my executive presence, that is not advancing whatever it is that we're working on. I'm going to go back on what it is that I can control and work on that. It is very easy to get distracted from your goals with emotions that really do not have anything to do with where you want to be. People do this all the time, and I'm sure you see it in your relationships, in your family, and at work, because it's easier than focusing on something that is more intimidating, owning your own accomplishments.
If you can identify that which you do really well and own that, you will find fulfillment there and not need to win, not have that ego need to be satisfied by getting over on somebody that's ultimately not going to advance what you want and make you look small. Know the difference between your emotions and your goals. Get the shoots of your own negative emotions out of the way so that you can climb up the ladders to success. Make sure that what you're pursuing is a career, not a job. There is a distinct difference. That career might be starting your own business, or it might be building a skill set that will equip you for a higher management position later in your career. Your job is what you are doing today. Your career is the trajectory of your working life's achievements, what you're working for to make a difference in people's lives. It's the journey that makes you a must-have, a needle mover, member of any team. If the job you are doing today does not further you or your journey, it is time for you to look at another opportunity. That opportunity should be a career building choice. If you're doing a role that easily is transferable, that they could hire somebody to come in tomorrow and can learn your role quickly, you are dispensable and they will eventually find someone to do that job and be able to pay them less. That's why you want to make yourself indispensable by acquiring skills and providing value, measurable key accomplishments that are noted. And it takes you to be able to point those things out, not in a boastful and bravado way, but give the credit to the team. We were able to do this and I'm grateful for name the people that were on the team for their dedication in getting there. A job is simply something you are currently doing to earn money and does not offer a lot of networking opportunities. A career is a series of connected employment and networking opportunities where you build up skills to move you into higher paying and higher prestige employment and better opportunities. Today, most people don't stay with companies through their entire career. Most people don't stay in companies for more than two years, as they did 10, 15 years ago. Chances are the job you're doing today is not anything like what you will be doing in the next five years. If you find that after a year, again, you are still doing the same work that you were doing a year ago without opportunities to develop a broader skill set, network, and professional acumen, it might be time to look because you might be in a dead-end position. If your employment situation seems more like a job than a career, Consider other opportunities. There's nothing wrong with that. It's easy. Today, it's very easy. You can go on to online job boards, look around, career builder, monster, zip recruiter. If there is no room for advancement where you are currently employed, you should look elsewhere. Now, I have a lot of clients that sort of get stuck in the corporate lingo of, oh, it's coming, that promotion is coming, uh, just hang in there. This is what corporate America does when they're not sure if they want you to advance or don't really care if you leave. They're just not sure. That means you're not a must-have and not a needle mover, and you don't want to be stuck in that position. If they tell you it's coming down the road, it would be fair for you to say something like this. Well, in your best estimate, would it be fair to say that we can revisit this three months from now and there might be some resolution at that point because I'm, I'm really trying to make some decisions in my career. 
This is putting them on notice that you're paying attention and you are interested. And if they still have the same answer in three months, I think you kind of have your answer. It's a time for you to explore other opportunities. You don't have to leave, but you've put them on notice and you've put yourself on notice and then you need to follow up with that. You want to be in a position to receive a promotion or to get hired. And in order to do that, in a starting over capacity especially, is you must document what it is that you've accomplished in your career and not look at the past situation that you just experienced and tie it to your identity. You are not a layoff. You are not a failed marriage. You are not a divorce. You are not a bad mom. You are not all of these things that may get uh, lost in the translation of language that comes your way. You have to know your identity outside of the situation. And what is that identity? Are you creative? Are you resourceful? Do you know your signature strengths? Think about those. After this podcast, spend 10 minutes quantifying what it is that you've accomplished in your career and tease out those strengths. Is it that you're a connector? Are you a maven or a salesperson? Are you uh, really good at strategy? Are you good at intuition, emotional intelligence, discernment? How have you used those skills and what has it measurably resulted in? Conserve your energy to build your career development experience. You will want to be in a position where you can meet new people and develop relationships that will broaden your sphere of influence. You want to make an impression that will be noticed. Are you making the most of your current position? Consider two young people who take jobs lifeguarding at their local community pool. Lifeguarding might seem like a fairly predictable job. Michelle shows up on time, works her shift, and when her shift is over, does her closing tasks and goes home. Clayton shows up 10 minutes early, picks up some trash around the pool deck, works his shift, asks the manager on his break if there's anything that needs to be done, does his closing tasks, and sticks around 15 minutes later to talk with the other guards and give a break to a snack bar employee who had worked an extra three hours. Who do you think will be considered for the assistant manager position next year? Now, I realize we're working in a culture where today there's an acumen of, oh, the days of hard work are over. That's not what's required anymore. I I know this just from looking around me, my husband is an equity partner in a law firm. People are not working those long 70, 80 hour weeks that used to go on even five, 10 years ago. So the culture has changed and I think that's a good thing. However, that does not give you a buy on positioning yourself for any promotion or advancement that you want. And when you play down your work acumen, you aren't bringing your best self to what it is that you're doing. I'm not saying that you need to kill yourself, but while you're there, are you making the best use of your time? Because if you are, that stands out to leaders. I've been managing for a very long time in corporate America. I see the shift. I think it's a healthy shift. But the people who are dedicated are the people who are for me that get promoted, the people that I fight for when it comes time to negotiate salaries on a budget perspective. 
Be the person who stands out. If you want to do anything in your career, all you need to do is be known for one thing, and that is getting stuff done. Forget about the title. Forget about anything else, who you're working for, where you're doing it. Whatever you choose to do, be the person who gets stuff done. And usually following that is the question, oh, Mary Lee, well, there are all these rules. I think that rules are in place for good reason, to keep large organizations in line. Does that mean that you can't step outside of the line sometimes because it's required? I don't think so. If I followed the rule of absolutely everything within my own culture, there's no way I would have raised $10.4 million on the heels of the largest bankruptcy in U.S. history or done four capital campaigns in the last nine years that added things on to the hospital where I am currently working that nobody thought would ever be achieved. I'm not saying that I'm out there as a cowboy lassoing things and taking no prisoners, but you have to know what you stand for. And if you stand for getting stuff done and you respect the culture, because there's a big difference between getting things done and disrespecting the culture, then you will take calculated risks, risks that the average person won't take. You'll spearhead a project that other people will say, oh my gosh, she's probably going to fail at that. And then when you don't go away and you keep at it and you keep at it and you keep at it, and then you become the person as one of the doctors said to me when I finished one of the capital campaigns, Mary Lee, they thought you'd never get this done. And sure enough, I got it done. Well, knowing my personality, that's just all I need to hear. I'm definitely going to get it done when somebody says that. But I say this to you because that's what gets you noticed, where you're seen, where you're heard, where you're paid fairly for what it is that you do because you're walking in your genius, you're walking in your authenticity, and you know it. You know you belong there. You know you can be there, and you know that you can get it done. Now go do that. I know you can. You are amazing. Hello, you savvy, wonderful, mindful friend. I have an announcement for you. Over the past few months, many of you have reached out to me with similar questions and struggles, and I realize not everyone is able to participate in my one-on-one coaching program, Mindful Leader Satisfied Life, and my heart has been heavy to find a way to help you. I've listened And I've heard you. And I've worked very hard and I'm very excited to announce to you that I'm launching a brand new coaching program just for you. Cue the band, light the firecrackers, sound the alarm. The program is called the Three C's Lab. And what are the three C's? Confidence, connection, and calm. So you might be working on your career. You might not be working on your career. You might be working on getting a promotion. You might be working on just fitting in better with the people that you work with, not being as angry, not being as upset. Nobody can stand tall in their career, their relationships, or their life without a solid foundation. And this is what I work with with all of my clients. In the Three C's Lab, you'll learn the tools, skills, and techniques that will allow you to build that strong foundation so that you can be mindful and satisfied 
satisfied in every aspect of your life. It's part group coaching with me, part skills training, and part community. Mostly, you'll belong to a really welcoming group of people who care about you, your personal development, purposeful life, and satisfaction. Do you ever wonder how you could stop grieving something whose time has passed? Know if it is right to change jobs or change you? Create a hybrid work environment for yourself? Ask for a raise? Get promoted? Get noticed? Stop feeling empty when your life is so busy? Are you tired of waking up in the middle of the night worried about something you can't control? Trying so hard and not getting noticed or valued? Being frustrated managing someone who is passive-aggressive? and underperforming, worrying about your relationship and not knowing what to do, anticipating retirement and questioning your identity. The Three C's Lab includes this, weekly live group coaching calls with me via Zoom, a vault full of skills and tips, monthly interactive workshops with me where I'm training. This is not where I'm coaching people. This is where I'm giving you instruction on things like your ego and fear, your persona versus your identity, your energy, the drama triangle, and where you might fall on that triangle, life transitions and necessary endings, knowing about the source of suffering. That's what's going to happen on the monthly trainings. There will be an online community where we can post and talk to each other all the time, a vault full of coaching and trainings in case you can't be on the calls. And this is the most important thing, life, time, access. No renewals, no subscriptions, no secret hidden messages. All of this, 2K. Yep, that's right. That's it. 2K, all of the above, and you are in for life. You will always have access to all the new trainings, the videos, the updates, and coaching calls. So go over to my website, maryleegannon.com, click on coaching, and follow the information to the Three C's Lab, Confidence, Connection, and Calm. I'm really looking forward to having you with me. This is the first time I've been able to offer something at this level and I'm really excited to help all of you who have been reaching out to me so that we can be connected, confident, and calm together. Looking forward to having you in the program. I'm glad you were with me today and I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and get any of my free publications at my website maryleegannon.com where you can also learn more about working with me.